The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to our All 32 series on the Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Katie Mox here. This is the series where we catch up with insiders to give you the need-to-know information on every NFL team. Today, we are covering the New York Giants with longtime team reporter Madeline Burke. Madeline also serves as co-host on Amazon's premier morning show, Bonjour Sports Talk on Prime Video. Maddie Burke, so fun to see you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a treat to come on with you guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Um, we'll dive right into it. No, uh, we we'll get the bonjours out of the way, and we'll go into the. Um, I know I do like bonjour. bonjour. Yeah, uh, yeah, bonjour is nice. The um, <laughs> <laughs> hola. The uh, <laughs> worldwide here, Brinson. I, I took I took Spanish. I took Spanish. It's it's, it's my fault. Well, uh, I feel like it's what's... a small world on uh, at Disneyland, going around saying yeah. everybody. I'm actually too scared to ride on that ride. Definitely won't do Space Mountain. But they're closing Space Mountain. Did you hear that? They're closing Space Mountain. They're oh, no, no, closing they're closing. Space. No, no, they're closing the um the uh the 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 the, the one the water one. They're not closing space. Flash Mountain. Flash Mountain. Oh, Splash Mountain. They, they're they're making they have re they've rebranded it. They've rebranded oh, it. You, as, I like, forgot that you're Disney. Honest, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm yeah, talking like as, I'm the, as the Disney, Disney correspondent for the Pick Six podcast. <laughs> I will tell you, it is being rebranded as like Tiana's Adventure. So the Princess and the Frog, um, because there mm. are some problematic things about. Um, Splash Mountain, as it oh, was right, from yes, Song yes. of the South, which uh, we have now they're rebranding it to be right. Tiana's Journey, and it's going to be great. Okay, right. anyways, let's talk Giants. Yeah, anyway, moving along. Honestly, let's just do this. What if we just did a whole di- like let's let's find out if our bosses are, are listening and watching and like just talk Disney for like 20 minutes to just see, see what happens. Um, the uh, <laughs> I have like seven things I can say right now. I'm going to stay focused and ask you, what is the feeling, Maddie, inside the building right now on yes. Saquon Barkley? Is it a simple, we're sorry we tagged you and there's nothing we can do about it? Or are they? is there a legitimate interest in trying to work something out here? 
I, I think there's legitimate interest, right? I mean, this organization loves Saquon Barkley yeah. from the players to the coaches, to the GM, to the ownership. I mean, he's the face of the franchise, right? But at the end of the day, it's a business and we know that it's a business and we are reminded of it periodically throughout the years uh, when contract negotiations come up with star players. The salary cap exists for a reason and there is only so much pie to go around and positionally and the way that this team has been set up. I mean, Joe Shane didn't exactly inherit the best cap situation um, to put it kindly. And so he's been trying to make things work and maneuver it, not just for now. He's also one of the things that I really respect about the Giants GM is he's somebody who's mindful about, you know, not trying to pay Peter to pay Paul or whatever that expression is. Um, Piper to pay Pay- Piper, Peter Pack to pick a peppers. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pay the Piper, but it's pay Peter to pay. They're both right. They're both right. Somebody to somebody, you know, anyway. No, like rob he, Peter to pay Paul or something that, like that. Yeah, that, yes, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. You can't pay the Piper there too. That, that, that happens too. Yeah. The Piper will both- get paid. Yeah. Piper always gets paid. We actually use that as a saying. If you're like, if you're trying to like extend your Sunday into like, you're like, you know what? I'm, I feel awful. I'm going to like make it a Sunday fun day. It's like, no, no, no. The Piper will get paid. He's going to get paid on Sunday or he's going to get paid on Monday. One way or the other. Yeah. One way or the other. But you know what? Joe Shane is going to be paying the Piper and he knows how much money he has to do that. Right. And so it's like, all right, I'm not going to spend something now that's going to put me in a position down the road. That's going to be detrimental to the team. Cause sometimes, you know, Front offices will do that. They're like, okay, let's deal with this now. We'll deal with that later. He knows the Piper will be paid at some point. And so he doesn't want to say we'll deal with that later. He's trying to be responsible in approaching this, understanding where the lines are. Listen, they love Saquon. Saquon loves the Giants. Both sides want to make it work. They've got till July 17th, which is a month away. I mean, it feels like it's creeping up. I do. I am optimistic that something is going to get worked out because both sides just want it too badly. And you know, the players talking to these guys, it's, yeah, it's odd having OTAs and minicamp without Saquon in the building, but of course he can't be because he hasn't signed a contract yet. Um, they miss him, but they respect him and they understand like this is a business and he's about his business right now. And so is the organization and they'll figure it out. A lot of talk about paying the piper, but Danny Dimes also got paid yeah. this offseason. And he's Paul. And his big one is, is Peter, I think, in this in this poorly formed analogy that we're putting together. Full circle here with these. Yeah. Uh, if you're catching up, uh, what a callback. What a callback. All right. So many are predicting that uh, Danny Dimes is going to regress a little bit this year, but he really could have a great second year under coach Brian Dable. What, what are the thoughts in the building and what have you seen? I, you know, honestly, Daniel Jones gets such a bad rap and I don't understand why. I mean, a lot of people I think will hear a narrative and repeat a narrative in the echo chamber instead of actually watching it for themselves. Because if you watch the games for themselves, especially coming off of last season, people are like, oh, well, Daniel Jones turns the ball over too much. Daniel Jones yeah. has five interceptions last year. That's the fewest in the NFL out of any quarterback, right? The Giants wow. as an offense had 16 turnovers last year, the second fewest in the NFL. He threw for 3,200 yards, 700 rushing yards. That's only the fourth quarterback in NFL history to do that with also a 65 or higher completion percentage. Daniel Jones had a great year last year. And this is a guy who is humble, right? He still has the same wallet that he's had since the eighth grade. And it looks like a Costanza wallet. That thing is thick. And I'm like, Daniel Jones. And Sterling Shepard talks about this too. You know, he goes over to his apartment. He's like, man, when are you going to level up now that you've got money? And Daniel's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm still got my Jansport backpack. I'm still the same He's got guy. Jansport? 
I don't know if it's Jansport, but it looks like <laughs> it. It's very like Michael Sarah energy. And yeah. I kind of respect that about him. And so do these guys. Sterling Shepard was talking about it. He's like, Daniel Jones doesn't have that money swag. You know, like a guy gets paid sometimes and then all of a sudden they change a little bit. Dexter Lawrence, he got paid. He's got a little money swag. He's dressing Dexy, a little Dexy. nicer. He's having his <laughs> sexy Dexy moment. Daniel Jones is the exact same guy showing up early, the first one in the gym, working hard yeah. because he knows he's got something to prove, not to everyone else, but to himself that like he wants to, he wants to be that great. And he's always been that guy that all that outside noise, all that outside criticism, he just keeps his head down and keeps it moving. And so I think that the Giants schedule this year is a bit harder and that could play yeah. a role, but but as a player and the consistency with having Kafka staying there, um, not leaving for a head coaching opportunity, another year under Dable, yeah. another year under the same system, plus more weapons. I mean, like he had that productivity last year thrown to Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, who a lot of respect for those guys, but those aren't wide receiver ones on any other squad in the NFL. So right. hey, let's not let's not let's not disrespect the corpse of Kenny Galladay, please. That's that would be that would be that'd be, that'd be rude. <laughs> That's unfair to and say. He did have dollar. one touchdown reception last year, even though Davis Webb was the one who threw it. Um, Kenny Galladay did get it done. Um, yeah. So that was a, that was a really wonderful job. I love Kenny Galladay. I, just wasn't I love Kenny Galladay too. So I feel bad saying that, but like, I mean, obviously not a great signing. And I think, I think the reason to answer your question, like why Daniel Jones gets disrespected is that we have these two, a couple of like, like, one, he was drafted higher than people thought he should have gone right. by Dave Gettleman, who right. fair or not was a punching bag for the media. Like guilty as charged here. I thought, I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, like Dave Gettleman did some things that you just shouldn't do. Now, like I was, I, so I'm a huge Dexter Lawrence guy because he's from, he's from right around here. Like he's from just North of Raleigh and like, you know, some playing high school, wanted him to come to NC state, knew it wasn't a chance in hell, went to Clemson, was a freak of nature. He's yeah. this interior defensive, like I had him pegged from like literally in every mock draft that year going, it's like Dave Gettleman's going to take this guy in the first round. He will find a way to do it. He's worked out like he he's developed as an interior pass rusher, but like to the point like Daniel Jones, he was taken, he was taken too high in, in the draft for people by Dave Gettleman. And then he had like the, the moment where he trips and then he has, it's sort of like a Jameis Winston type of complex where there are these like primetime moments that make him look a little goofy. And when we all collectively get against a guy, it's sort of Josh Allen S too, which is kind of interesting with the Buffalo Bills connection there. I mean, I think it's weird that people say Daniel Jones got paid. He's going to regress when it's like he's in yeah. year two of a system that is actually functional compared to what he had before. Right. And that's why he got paid because they said, okay, we can see how we can make this work. It's not like his court, his contract reset the quarterback market. It was a respectable contract. Yes. But it didn't, it wasn't blowing the doors off of anything. And sure. He's got those moments where he trips over his own feet running in open field, but it's that endearing <laughs> derpiness of like Jennifer Coolidge and white Lotus. Right. You're like, oh, poor thing, right? That's a comparison. I didn't see coming. Right. But I like it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, you know, and that, you know, that, that aside, you know, you put the team around him, you build an offensive line, you you get him some weapons, and you get him some consistency in the coaching staff and the system and the scheme, and a coaching staff also that isn't the type of coaching staff to say, here's my system, let me put you in it. This coaching staff, and Darren Waller has talked about it, they are really open to feedback from the players. You know, if a, if a receiver comes in and says, hey, here's a route that I ran at my old team that I really felt comfortable in, they're like, okay, let's see if we can find a way to facilitate that. Or a player says, hey, this is a play that I feel really comfortable with. Okay, let's find a way that we can use it because they want to put 
these players in the position to succeed because Dable understand players are the ones who win games. Coaches are the ones who put them in the position, but players are the ones who get it done. And having that feedback and having that collaborative process as a whole is a good one. A total good one. And you talked about him not having maybe the weapons before, and you've already mentioned Darren Waller obviously coming from Las Vegas. Does this offset enough of the concerns with the uh, wide receiver depth depth chart? I think so. I mean, because it, it, it's not just Darren Waller. Too. You forget, like, Darren Waller was such a splashy signing that people are forgetting Paris Campbell also coming mm. over from Indianapolis, another speed guy. And this wide receiver room is fast. This is a fast wide receiver room. They drafted Jalen Hyatt, who could have been a first-round wide receiver coming out of Tennessee. This man, you saw what he did to Alabama. Um, he can blow the doors off of things, too. The, the, the speed that they've got there, they've got Darius Slayton. Um They've got Paris Campbell. They've got uh, Wandale Robinson, who, of course, last year was a rookie. He got hurt. And so it's kind of a mulligan rookie year for Wandale as well. Um, but get that, getting that size and that speed and that volume of some of these guys, Colin Johnson, who was really flashing early on last year before he got hurt. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, who came on a lot towards the end of last season and really showed some skill set. There are a lot of players in this wide receiver room that could be making an impact. And what Darren Waller does – Plus the combination of him and Daniel Bellinger, who yoked up over the offseason. I mean, he I mean, friends don't let friends skip leg day, but he's clearly been focusing on the <laughs> Really? Um, oh yeah, Daniel Bellinger, the Giants tight end, going into his second year. Check out the picture. It's all over the World Wide okay. Web. Um, but you know, Daniel Jones to Bellinger was a connection that we saw a lot because Daniel Jones loves a tight end. Now with Bellinger and Waller, the two tight end set possibilities and just opening up the field for a lot of these other players to get some looks is going to be impactful. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I will ask Maddie if Daniel Bellinger actually had Saquon Barkley's calves implanted into his arms. Next. <laughs> of course, I don't think that that's actually what happened. Maybe he's like, maybe he had like, maybe did he get arm implants? Like, like, uh, Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just, just balloon. He's just yoked. He's just working yeah. out like a professional athlete would. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. I guess it makes sense, right? Taking care of my body more, you know? And I'm yeah. like, okay. Because I talked to him about it the other day. He's like, I, um, you know, I was last year coming into the league, I was preparing more for the combine and all that. Now I'm just like in the weight room and I'm like, okay, clearly. You know, that's yeah. actually interesting is that like the combine, a lot of times will create a, like a, it'll, it's, it'll create like an ironic, uh, misstep for the the training regimen for these guys because they start they train for like s- specific drills that you actually don't utilize in NFL games and right. then they have to spend then like the, you know, they spend your off season you know you 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 start sort of rebooting and you're like a rookie who's your head swimming you don't know what you're doing you're not you can't you're not like you can't just focus on 
yoking up as you, as, as, yeah. as you would say. No, totally. Yeah. And it's like, um, I mean, there's only so much time one usually spends on a bench press, like in a normal yeah. season, but like preparing for the combine, you're like, let's do this. Yeah. I have the same problem in the offseason. Oh my mercy. That what is the hell? Oh, Those God. things are God. Good that God. doesn't look real. If, if you're watching, hopefully if you're watching youtube.com slash NFL on CBS, we have a picture of, I, I can't believe I hadn't seen this. This is, I mean, not that like, you know, arms, arm strength is necessarily my forte here, but um, you know, it's like typically speaking, I'll stumble into a viral photograph like that. Daniel Bellinger is absolutely Yo. cranked in the, in the, in the arms. This is wild. And that's interesting too. You mentioned the two tight end sets. So let's assume that they get Saquon Barkley back. Mm-hmm. And we also talk about yeah. the rookie stuff. Evan Neal going into the second year. You now have Andrew Thomas, who, by the way, was top tw- was he top tw- he was top twenty five on Pete Prisco's top one hundred, which just came out, mm-hmm. and Evan Neal on the opposite side. The 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 Giants. I always tend to compare the Giants to what the Bills did for obvious reasons, from where you know where the front you know, yeah. where Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable came from. They sort of they already had Andrew Thomas there when they got there, but they had Evan Neal as a first rounder. They they the Bills were a little more. Brandon Bean and, and, and Sean McDermott were a little more piecemeal about how they put that offensive line together. I mean, the Giants have invested in this offensive line. And if you put Bellinger out there, and we know that Waller, maybe not so he's a, a, a adequate blocker, fine blocker, but more of a pass catcher. Yeah. I mean, you can really do some interesting stuff with this kind of run formation. Um, you know, you, you do, like you say, do the two tight end sets and then you put some speed on the outside. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, how good do they think this offensive line could be? It can be really good. And I I mean, you talk about Andrew Thomas and how good Andrew Thomas is, but a lot of Giants fans and a lot of football fans forget just how bad people thought he was was that first year, right? And people were just caught, oh, this guy's going to be a bust. This guy's not going to get it done. And then he does, because it takes some time to adjust to the NFL level, right, for any position. And I'm expecting a similar trajectory for Evan Neal, who was playing through a lot of injury and, and a lot last year. I think he's coming in healthy. He's going to have a similar upward swing this year. The biggest issue on that offensive line is going to be the center, because, of course, they lost John Feliciano and Nick Gates in the offseason. So they've got John Michael Schmitz, the rookie they drafted out of Minnesota. They've been getting a lot of reps in with him and Daniel Jones and getting that chemistry going. But you mentioned the two tight end sets Also, Daniel Bellinger coming out of San Diego State, he was a guy who was really known as a blocking tight end, but they used him more in a pass-catching way as well. He can do both. And then Darren Waller, you know, big body kind of more receiver. He works with the receivers. He works with the tight ends. He's all over the field in individuals. And um, Darius Slayton was talking about when he works with the receivers. He's like, I have to be mindful when Waller is working with us to kind of stand far away from him because I don't want a photographer to take a picture and then everyone be like, damn, Slay is so small. Because <laughs> of how, like, what a sizable like guy. Like Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, like the, the old, like the old meme where it's like, oh my God, Mark Ingram's like three feet tall. What is happening here? Exactly, exactly. So it just, it just adds another look and another layer and uh, to the possibility of what this offense could look like. So when you look at last year, Maddie, I feel like the Giants surprised a lot of people. I mean, winning is outright dogs in multiple games and making it to the playoffs, beating the Vikings, and then ultimately falling to the Eagles. Um, how do expectations of a playoff run, you know, last year impact this season? And, and what can we look forward to? Because the the NFC East is stacked, which yeah. is weird to say. It went from being the NFC least to like the NFC beast. Pretty quickly, oh, yeah. too. NFC yeah. absolutely appropriately. And that's the, the thing that the Giants have to focus in on is a division because as good as they were, 
they still struggled to get wins in the division last year. And that yeah. is one of the things that was one of the first things Joe Shane said at his press conference at the end of the season. Like we still have to close that talent gap within the division and the Eagles, of course, you know, going all the way to the Super Bowl, signing Jalen Hurts to a huge contract. Yes, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator and, and some pivotal players, but they still somehow drafted half the Georgia Bulldogs and looked like they got stronger. And then you've got the Cowboys still being the Cowboys. You've got Washington leveling up a little bit too. And so it's like closing that talent gap is going to be the important part because if you're not winning in the division, there's only so far that you can go, especially with this grueling schedule the Giants have this year, the beginning of the season. Four of their first six games are on prime time. Seven of the first wow. 10 are on the road. So it's going to mm. be an exhaustive start to the season. But if they can make it through that gauntlet and close out that end of the season push, if they're making a playoff push, that could be a really important one right there. Um, the So when you when you talk about like Deontay, Deontay Banks to me, I think this is an interesting one um, with him because uh, and this is this messed me up. It was like, I was like, wait, it's not, it's not, Brandon, I was say Brandon Brown is the assistant GM. Right, Brandon but, but Brown, all, not Brandon Bean. They all can't, yeah, it's not Brandon Bean, right? I was like, I was like, should it be Brandon Bean? I was like, wait, no, he's with the Bill. That's like, too, there's too much crossover here for me. Too much. Yeah, uh, but Brandon Brown mentioned the, this kind of went viral a little bit. It was like the collaborative process for scouting uh, Deontay Banks earlier this week. And I thought it was just really interesting in how they talked about, like, this is sort of a two-part question, but one, it's like, how, like, I don't want to drag any previous regime sure but how different is it with what this regime is doing and you hear that collaborative process where like all right you know we spot Deontay and then like we have our you know everybody through like from top to bottom with the coaching staff in the front office is like meeting with him and trying to get their hands on him and figure out like okay what can what can we how does this guy fit with what I do in this portion of my my what I do as part of the job in the front office versus the previous regime and like, how do we think he's going to slot in and as a year one starter in that in that Wink Martindale defense? Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting point, too, because a lot of it, too, what Brandon was talking about earlier this week was how, you know, some of the area scouts had seen Tay. And so Deontay Banks, he likes to be called Tay. Okay. Um, so Noted. that's that's another interesting element. So they had seen okay. Tay and they um, and coincidentally, you know, some other scouts happened to be planning to go to some of these games. So also got to see him in person. But they also understand the importance of a collaborative process for many reasons. For example, say Joe Shane really likes a player um, on the defensive side of the ball, but Wink Martindale, not necessarily a fan. And Joe Shane's like, no, 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 this is the guy. This is the guy. Wink Martindale saying, no, 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 this is my guy. If Joe Shane says, I'm going to draft this guy and you're going to coach him, Think about when training camp comes around. Every time that guy makes a mistake, the coach is going to be like, see, yeah. I told you this wasn't the guy. See, I told you this wasn't the guy. Instead of saying, all right, let's work together to put this player in the best position to succeed. So when you have everyone on the same page of agreeing, like, okay, here's this person that we are going to invest in. Here's the trajectory we see them going on, and we can work towards this together rather than trying to fight and continue to convince each other. No, I was right. No, I was right across the process, which happens sometimes, you know, it's hard to get everyone in agreement, but when you get these players on the field, you need to have everyone saying, yes, these are the right players for what we're trying to do. And, you know, Joe Shane has talked about how, especially going into this year's draft, his second as the GM, the first one that was, you know, just a couple of months after he had been hired, of course, very familiar with the draft process because of all his time being involved in that in Buffalo, but his first one with the giants 
His second one with the Giants, the biggest difference for him was saying that he got a better understanding of how Wink Martindale's defense uses players, right? This is a unique defense. You've got safety in the A-gap on a regular basis. This isn't something that you're looking at saying like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the traditional 4-3 or 3-4 or what have you. And and he said that he and his scouting department had to kind of retrain how they look at different positions and how they value different positions based on Wink's system. So mm. the valuation and the and the the metrics that go into certain systems vary. And that is something that they had to retrain for. And that's part of the reason that, you know, one of the players that really stood out in that regard was Tay Banks. And, you know, he's so far been a player that, of course, at this time of year, it's so hard to manage or to, to manage expectations, right? Everyone's kind of marking through. I was liking it to saying like, all right, when you're trying to learn a TikTok dance before you do the dance, like, okay, one, two, three, four. That's I know, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so hard to learn this. the TikTok dances. I always you struggle know? with that. And you're just like, okay, let's go through the moves and then the arm and then this. You're not actually going full speed. You know, you're in the spot, but you're not actually uh-huh. going up. You're not actually contesting the ball. Like it's 50-50 balls are like 70-30 or maybe 80-20 at that point because, you know, there's no contact. And so we're only seeing it to a specific degree. But that being said, clearly the raw skill is there. The athleticism is there. And uh, and these guys, I mean, you saw the clip that went around of how excited Wink Martindale was on draft night when this guy was drafted. Yeah. He's like, yes. We got this guy. I love it. Well, Maddie, thank you so much. From paying the piper to yoked out tight ends to TikTok dances, it has I been. I didn't even an know you could practice. I thought you had pleasure. to go in. I thought you had to go in cold on TikTok we'll dances. Do it live. <laughs> oh, We're doing it live. Uh, Maddie, again, thank you so so much for joining us. Stay tuned for more from All Thirty Two with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. And uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page. And we'll see you for the next one.